This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Matt Humans from Veasan here on the Sports Better's Paradise of the Bet Rivers Network. And last week of college football, kind of a chalky day. You know, a lot of the big favorites, uh, Matt won. And, you know, we've been seeing some double digit dogs win outright more regularly than we have, but kind of a chalky day last week. Yeah, I think the the game that bothered me the most. I had a I had a pretty good Saturday, but uh, the Kansas State game was oh, uh, me too. One that bothered me. I, I know a lot of sharp betters who have big plays on K State, and what can you do? <clears throat> the, the starting quarterback Adrian Martinez got knocked out. The second string quarterback Will Howard got knocked out, and then the third stringer comes in and his first pass gets picked off. K State was up twenty eight to ten. TCU, a three and a half point favorite, came all the way back to win thirty eight to twenty eight. And that was one team inside the top 10. I think the public uh, played TCU. The sharper betters were on K-State, but the public got that one. Uh, a little bit of a bad break for us. But uh, you're right. I mean, Jimmy, how predictable was Ohio State beating Iowa by 40-plus points? You know, yeah. things like that. I'm not going to play uh, dead dogs like the Iowa Hawkeyes in games like that. Hawkeyes, they're double-digit favorites this week. I mean, <laughs> whew, I know Northwestern is uh, undefeated in Dublin and outside uh, everywhere else. They're winless, but still, my goodness, I mean, you got to have some onions to lay double digits with that uh, offense. And <laughs> you wonder if it's finally coming to an end in Iowa City with Kirk Ferentz and that long. He's, and he's been very stable. It's almost like a broken record. Eight, nine wins every yeah. year. They may pull off an upset at home against Ohio State or Michigan. But, you know, the closest they got, I think, was when they got to the uh, Big Ten Championship against Michigan State. And I think that last drive was, like, inside the five it stalled. So, uh, but, man, it's it's really flattened out with an experienced quarterback. And we've seen a lot of super experienced quarterbacks, DTR, Bo Nix, um, Gosh, uh, some others out there that, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels, you know, with a lot of starts that are really playing at a high level this year. And, man, your boy from I, uh, Petrus is not. That's not my boy. I don't, I don't know where you got that. <laughs> uh, but Spencer Petrus is Kirk Ferentz's boy. Anyway, uh, I also think what you see there is the quarterbacks who are most successful in college football are typically, I would say, four times out of five, the guys who can run it, too. And, uh, you know, when you talk about Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, experienced quarterbacks uh, who can run it and throw it, and Spencer Petras can't run it. You know what? The other problem is he really can't throw it either. So Iowa's got a statue back there, a quarterback who's not very good. And Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured uh, head coach in FBS. I think this is, what, year 23, something like that for him at Iowa. 
And, um, yeah, probably should be coming to an end. But you can also look back. I mean, the, the counter argument would be a year ago at this time, Iowa was number two in the country. Uh, and that's uh, his supporters would make that case. But this Iowa team's pretty bad. And I, I got to tell you, I've got 15 college football games on my list this week as potential plays. I've only played a few so far. Uh, but Northwestern plus 11 and a half against Iowa is something I've got written down as a potential play. I'm just, this uh, Purple Cats team's pretty bad, but if you watched last week, Northwestern had a legit chance to knock off Maryland on the road, ended up losing that game by seven. I just don't know how you can lay 11 and a half with this Iowa team, but uh, Iowa did cover that oh. against Rutgers, you know, so maybe they can cover that against, Hawkeyes can cover that against Northwestern. But I, that's not one I'm going to commit to as a play. Uh, yet. All right, but speaking of the Big Ten, you got a couple that you have committed to. You got four picks for Matt uh, this week, and let's start off with that noon Eastern kickoff, the big one, Ohio State. So, last real challenge, or will it be? As they are fifteen and a half point favorites in Happy Valley against Penn State, the wideout versus Minnesota with their backup quarterback. Man, uh, PJ Fleck was scared to death of uh, Tanner Morgan's backup with that play calling last week. So, Penn mm-hmm. State took care of business. Still trying to recover, I guess, a little bit of uh, their psyche uh, mentally bruised after getting whooped in Ann Arbor two weeks ago against Michigan. 412 yards rushing. Um, I mean, it was 28 to 10 first downs, uh, 2 to 1, 560 to 280, roughly uh, total yards. Now they're back in Happy Valley. Noon kickoff, not maybe, maybe not the same juice as that late night. Ohio State, 15 and a half road favorites. I really don't like this Fox big noon kickoff deal because I, I think it ruins the atmosphere in a lot of these big games. And the last thing anybody at Penn State wants is this to be a morning kickoff. This should be a night game. It should be a whiteout. That's your best atmosphere. It's just better for college football for this to be a night game. And uh, it's unfortunate for Fox who got to set this thing up so early in the morning that you're not going to have the same home field advantage for the uh, Nittany Lions. I'm going to go ahead and play Penn State here. Uh, took 15 and a half. And uh, you said the, the last real big challenge for Ohio State. What was the most recent big challenge for Ohio State? No, no, nothing. Has there been one? No. You no, know, Notre Dame in the season opener, but that was in Columbus. Notre Dame was a seven, or Ohio State was a 17 point favorite, you know? Uh, so here's, here's what I see in this handicap, and this could blow up in my face, but this is the first time the Buckeyes have had to take a step up in class and face somebody. Uh, face a team that's legit on the road and a team that can run the ball and play some defense. And Penn State has also got a veteran quarterback in Sean Clifford. He's a little banged up right now, so he wasn't trying to run it last week. I'm not taking too much away from that Minnesota game. That was kind of one of those you toss out because uh, Tanner Morgan was out. Sean Clifford was banged up. But Clifford did throw for 295 yards and four touchdowns. And then those two running backs – Singleton and Allen, 28 carries, 156 yards. It's not like Minnesota is a, a pitiful team. That's still a decent defense. And uh, I thought Penn State showed enough uh, positive signs in that one that I could take the 15 and a half here because the Buckeyes have played an incredibly weak schedule. It's kind of – I see all these power rankings and even all the uh, power ratings, all the numbers, the computer numbers that show Ohio State's better than Georgia, better than Bama, better than everybody else. And how do we know that for sure? Ohio State's played nobody. So, Jimmy, how do you, how do you get these power ratings to show Ohio State's such a powerful team, better than everybody else, when they played nobody? 
Uh, you don't. You don't. And I mean, college football, there's so so many gaps between 1 to 131. I mean, just layers and layers mm-hmm. of gaps. And, you know, they're one of the weakest strength of schedule teams in college football. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah, they're top 10 in yards per play offense and yards per play defense. But, man, college football is all about uh, who you played. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see that a lot when one of these upstart teams or you think they're about to, you know, you know, they got a gaudy record. And I mean, Ole Miss. We could have Ole Miss. I mean, that was a pitiful first seven games. Both you and I on the over seven and a half win total because we thought they'd be going to Baton Rouge, you know, seven and oh, and they are. And they'll probably get one more, maybe two of the rest of the way. But, I mean, that was it's a terrible schedule. I mean, an awful schedule. And the first time they step up in class, even LSU's not one of their better teams, and they got destroyed uh, in Baton Rouge. So, no, I'm, I'm – Bruce Marshall and I on opposite sides in this one. Bruce has Ohio State. I have Penn State plus the points in this one. So let's stay in the Big Ten. Go to Lincoln, Nebraska. And Mickey, uh, Mickey Joseph, after that miserable debut against Oklahoma as interim coach, has uh, won or covered uh, all the games. Uh, Illinois uh, in the, in the uh, driver's seat in the uh, Big Ten West. Seven and a half point favorites at Lincoln. Yeah, I actually uh, took eight with Nebraska on this game last night. Uh, the Huskers are off a bye. I don't think Mickey Joseph is uh, any sort of a coaching genius. He's not the Bill Walsh of uh, of Nebraska by any means. But I think what he is doing, he's he's motivating these guys. And what you can see is uh, the Cornhuskers are playing a lot harder than they were for Scott Frost. And also they're playing a little bit better offensively than they were for Frost and uh, some of that might have to do with uh, Mickey Joseph cleaning some things up or simplifying it. But I watched uh, the Purdue game, and I what I saw was uh, a Nebraska offense has got the potential to be explosive and all that talent that we talked about in the preseason. Hey, odds makers set Nebraska's win total at 7.5, okay? And you have to respect that and the betting market, that this team had talent. It just imploded. Uh, under Scott Frost, but there's still plenty of talent. And in the Purdue game before the bye, Nebraska ran 52 plays for 476 yards. Lost that game 43-37. to 37. And they were making big plays on offense, and I was impressed by what the Cornhuskers did there. Now, Illinois is not getting dynamic quarterback play at all. But uh, the Illini, Brett Bielema, they just got a big physical offensive run- line. They're going to run the ball right at you, wear you down, hopefully run over you. Uh, but I think this is a big number for uh, Illinois to cover on the road against a Huskers team that I think uh, is really starting to uh, play its best football. So I'll take a shot here. I've had a pretty good pulse. I think I'm 3-1 and one in the four Nebraska games I bet this year. I was on the wrong side of that Oklahoma game that day. That was a disaster. It only counts as one loss. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot with the Huskers uh, plus eight again here. The Big Ten was good to me last week. I had Wisconsin. I uh, can't remember the plays I used on uh, your podcast last week, but I know we had Wisconsin, LSU. I lost with UCLA, lost with K-State. Was it 2-2 two and two last week? Yeah, 2-2. Two and two. UCLA, K-State were the losers. LSU and Wisconsin okay. uh, were the winners. So, yeah, yeah. four of us, uh, four out the five contributors on here uh, with LSU uh, last week in that spot. Unranked versus a ranked uh, does it again. Let's go to uh, Syracuse in the, uh, what do they call it now? It used to be the Carrier Dome. Not sure what it is now. But anyway, at the Cuse. Uh, and, uh, boy, they they were in the game until the very end. But that game flipped on a 97-yard uh, scoop and score. Uh, was a 
big, big uh, turning point in the game. Dabo made the switch at quarterback, and really the backup did very little. Just don't get his feet um, you know, accounted for maybe 35, 40 yards, but it was just stay away from turning the ball over like DJU did three different times. They went to 27-21, but again, we talked about it. Statistically, not as close as the final score. 27-17, first downs, Clemson to Syracuse. 160 more total yards, but we talked about that. 4-1 to one turnovers, Clemson to Syracuse. Syracuse with a big personal foul late in that game. Come back home now. Three-point favorites against visiting Notre Dame. I'm going to bet against Syracuse in a flat spot here, and I'm also just going to take a number. I made this uh, a pick him, and to get three with the Irish in this spot I think is a decent play because Syracuse had to be uh, gearing up for that Clemson game for a few weeks, and I know that Syracuse is not in a position to uh, take teams uh, lightly or you know, let's say get sucked into those look-ahead spots, but that was a monster game against Clemson, and uh, they got crushed by the result because they played so well and had a chance to win it. I think you're going to have an emotional letdown this week and a bit of a flat spot. Notre Dame should not have any flat spots here under Marcus Freeman because they've lost two home games that were embarrassing. Uh, and the Irish uh, last week, I don't, even, I don't even want to say they got back on track against UNLV because that's a – that's a poor Rebels team, missing its starting quarterback, its top running back. And even though Notre Dame won that game, I think, uh, by 23, and Drew Pine looked okay at quarterback, there's still a lot of problems with the Notre Dame team. I'm not going to try to put lipstick on a pig here. Uh, but what's going on with uh, Notre Dame is Drew Pine going into the Stanford game. So the Irish have lost home games to Marshall and Stanford. Pine, who uh, replaced Tyler Buckner, had completed 72 0.5% of his passes. Looked like he was going to be uh, a pretty good fill-in. In the two starts since, he's 27 for 55. Now, last week, 428 total yards for the Irish uh, against uh, UNLV, and I thought they did a better job of moving the ball on the ground. But <clears throat> what this handicap comes down to for me is Notre Dame's more physical on the offensive and defensive lines than Syracuse, and the Orange are in a flat spot. It's, I think, a pick'em game. Give me Notre Dame plus three. I actually expect the Irish to win this game. Uh, Notre Dame definitely has a better defense here. All right, three underdogs so far for Matt. That's the first one on the road. Let's go back to the SEC. Kyle Field, where all the money they built at uh, Kyle Field, where you can almost uh, touch the heavens up there. They've got the NIL number one budget <laughs> in all of college football. But – Jimbo Fisher may need to delegate and hire an offensive coordinator pretty soon. They lose again. I mean, boom, right out the chute. 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Turnover, field goal, turnover, touchdown. And, I mean, before you can sit in your seat, they're down 17-0 in Columbia, South Carolina. Sandstorm going crazy with the light show in Columbia and at off-campus stadium. Now A&M will host Ole Miss. Ole Miss is two and a half. The look-ahead spot, I was looking at this one because we were projecting to see how many games the rest of the way of the remaining five was Ole Miss going into the LSU. How many would they be favored? This line was two and a half, three A&M before last week's results. Now Ole Miss is two and a half point favorite, Matt. Yeah, and that's after Ole Miss got blown out at LSU, right? And <laughs> the Rebels flipped from uh, dogs to favorites in this spot, and that's how bad Texas A&M's been. But – it's a little ridiculous when you're hearing all this talk and you hear more and more of it about, hey, can A&M buy out Jimbo Fisher for $80 million? You can't pay $80 million to buy out a coach. I don't care if you got the money or not. 
you're not buying out Jimbo for $80 million at this point. you got to give the guy a little bit more time. And that's a ridiculous contract anyway, Jimmy. That's one thing that I talked about at the time was, why are you paying Jimbo Fisher that type of money? Uh, so I, I don't feel sorry for Texas A&M being in this predicament at all. I thought it was a dumb deal in the first place, and it looks like an even dumber deal now. So it's a dumb, dumb and dumber situation uh, with the Aggies. But their offense is so so bad, I don't think A&M, when you handicap this game, can A&M take advantage of Mississippi Mississippi's weakness, and that's the defense. And that was going into the LSU game last week. I thought that Jaden Daniels and the Tigers are going to be able to move the ball because that was – uh, a Mississippi defense that allowed a total of 62 oh. points to Auburn and Vanderbilt in the previous two weeks. This A&M offense is nothing special, so I, I'm not sure that you can take advantage of that. Uh, but I do like the Mississippi defense, and the Rebels did get off to – excuse me, the offense. And the Rebels got off to a pretty good offensive start with Jackson Dart and those running backs last week before LSU took over the game. Um uh, I have to go with the far superior offense here. I think things are falling apart at Texas A&M. You got that report uh, yesterday of a bunch of players being suspended. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this team checks out on the season, uh, Jimmy. So that's kind of what I'm betting on here is I'm glad we got the win against uh, Mississippi last week. That was a big win for LSU. Uh, hopefully the Rebels can get up back on track and win a game here, and uh, we can get them over their win total uh, too. But I, I think Texas A&M might be a straight fade right now. It seems like – a very negative situation in College Station. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough deal. Uh, now, 2017, Scott Woodward uh, made him a $100 million coach. All right. It does take that to attract a uh, guy who has currently is, uh, is a national championship. Okay? So, but when Ross Bjork came over from Ole Miss in 2021 and extended him oh. for the same wow. same amount, now wow. what, is he, what had he done in those four years? So, that's a, that's a big – Eighty-six million is the exact number if they were to launch him right now. A&M's got a lot of money, but eighty-six million. I don't think they're really uh, to show that one. So Ole Miss certainly a uh, more balanced team, more capable, better play uh, out of the quarterback uh, for uh, in Jackson Dart. Ole Miss minus a two and a half. Notre Dame plus three. Nebraska plus seven and a half against Illinois, and then Penn State plus fifteen and a half against Ohio State. Matt, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I want to get your thoughts really quickly on a couple of SEC games. Uh, Florida catching 22-23 against Georgia. How about Kentucky catching what, almost two touchdowns against Tennessee? Like Kentucky and I like Georgia. Uh, I think uh, Georgia, um, although, um, again, Georgia will be looking ahead a little bit. Uh, you got quite a doubleheader with all four teams control their own destiny in the SEC with uh, Georgia uh, hosting Tennessee and then um, – and then LSU hosting Alabama on primetime. Uh, but the thing about, I don't think it's a look-ahead spot because they hate Florida. I mm-hmm. mean, they absolutely hate them, and they will beat them as bad as they can. And Florida, man, that defense is terrible, terrible. And unless, unless, but now let me tell you, the last time I laid points against Richardson, he threw for 453 in right. Nailing Stadium. I mean, I'm still, <laughs> yes, I'm bitter about that one. Uh, but I think a little look-ahead spot in an unfamiliar territory here for Tennessee against Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky really slowed the ball down and limited Tennessee's hub tempo uh, to less than 50 snaps last year in uh, Lexington at 45-42 loss. But still, that's something they'll try and do. So both teams in look-ahead spots, Georgia and Tennessee. But I think Georgia's got a little bit more venom uh, for the Florida Gators down in Jacksonville. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Actually, I was 
trying to find a, a reason to bet one of those dogs, and I think Kentucky might be the better one. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much hype around Tennessee right now. It's going to be easy for some of those players to get distracted. And also, when I'm looking for a dog, you want to find a, a solid coach, a good quarterback, and uh, Kentucky's got that. So I think, uh, you know, we saw the Wildcats go down to the swamp and beat Florida earlier this season. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Kentucky gives Tennessee all it can handle in this game. So I'm thinking about playing that dog as well. I want the Anthony Richardson who played against Kentucky <laughs> and not the one against Tennessee where he was yeah. throwing to intercept multiple interceptions to defensive ends uh, in that one. For Matt Humans in Vison, I'm Jimmy Yacht here in a Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.